We're rolling. We're in the studio, officially. I like it. <laughs> it's kind of fun. All right, so <laughs> we'll start. Um, so I interviewed my grandparents. That's right. They talked for a long time about their lives, um, and that was great. I'm not going to ask you to explain your whole life. You know, I have less shorter. life. That's yeah, true. I have less yeah. life to talk about. It's a 15-minute right. podcast. Exactly. <laughs> but... Uh, we will, I will ask you about some current stuff. So okay. uh, I like your, the way that you're thinking about what you want to do right now. Um, Should I introduce myself? Yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> um, well, my name's Jack Burns. I've been a friend of Braden's for too long. No, I'm just right. kidding. Not long enough. <laughs> uh, Braden and I met freshman year of college. Braden was the first person that I met. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also am... A philosophy major. Mm-hmm. I do touring with Braden. I am looking to go into film, mm-hmm. but I also love fashion and arts and great books mm-hmm. and big ideas. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, being in Tory, I think we've just had a lot of conversations about so many things, whether it's freshman year, frustrated about why God would kill the foreigners in the Old Testament yeah. or. Um, you know, just different conversations throughout the years. But um, I think that's really, for you, led to um, this current kind of vision for film. Um, so maybe you could talk about how you came to that um, and how kind of maybe Tori built that, built up to that. Um, and then you can talk about the future, what you're thinking about. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's kind of, it's been interesting to kind of think about it. It's easy when you're at a place where you're like, oh, I think I know what I want to do to look back and be like, oh, look at all these signs for like, oh, I should have been doing this from the beginning. But in my head, like an earlier point, I didn't know that this is where I would be. And so I don't want to like cheat and be like, oh, I always knew. Or like look back to like, oh, when I was six, I had a camera or something like that. Right, right. But but it is actually kind of fascinating. Uh, going just like to, to Tori in particular, I, um, I first semester at Biola, started Tori, loved it. I was a political science major. And I, in political science, didn't really know why, what I wanted to do with it. So I knew I wanted to do law at the time. Um, but in my political science class, I was just not as interested. It was kind of ironically or not really ironically at all it was more about politics than it was about what politics is about mm. if that makes sense so it's more about like different models for uh, representatives and and then mm-hmm. also like different state laws and court cases and things like that which are all fascinating but that wasn't what I wanted to do and so getting introduced to philosophy was also really exciting and I decided that I wanted to join philosophy or become a philosophy major around the same time that we were studying philosophy and Tori and so the two just kind of coincided and I was like that's what I want to do I want to do philosophy the reason being is because I read a piece by J.P. Moreland where he was articulating an argument against abortion but he was arguing from like natural circumstances from metaphysics Mm -hmm. and in reading it was like this person isn't arguing from data they've collected they're not arguing from like different social trends Mm -hmm. they're arguing from what 
is. Mm-hmm. Like they're making a statement about what the world is like mm-hmm. and then saying how things should follow based off of the way the world is. Right. And so I remember thinking, I want to do that. I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. And so getting into philosophy a little bit. Would, would that have been, um, so would that have been in intro to philosophy or unrelated to school? It actually, so I read J.P. Moreland in uh, Foundations of the American Political System. Okay, um, in political science. Yeah, okay. because we were talking about like political issues, and abortion was one of them. Right. And so we were like, well, what were what are some like leading thinkers on abortion? And so I forget the name of the the author who wrote a, a piece on like the six criteria of being a person, okay. which is kind of fascinating. Which then like allowed for like abortion to happen because it's not a person that you're you're. Um, killing, but J.P. Moreland saw things very differently, and so mm-hmm. he wrote a piece about a property thing versus a substance, mm-hmm. and how each one should be treated differently. Which really, then, if you follow that, would make a, a fetus or some at the moment of conception, what that is is a a person mm-hmm. instead of a, a human being. And so it was in political science. So then mm-hmm. from there, I jumped jumped to philosophy. Right. Yeah. And we would have been reading Plato at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of got smacked in the face with philosophy, and you said. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I remember even like right before we read Plato, we read uh, History of the Peloponnesian right. War with Thucydides. Mm-hmm. And while like that wasn't necessary philosophy, it was just a it was a much more ideological approach to history than I think I have ever read. Mm-hmm. But I I loved that book. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of people didn't like it cuz yeah. it was long speeches and yeah. things like that, but just being wrapped up in the the story of the fall of Athens to a smaller Sparta that they should have beat right. um, because of turmoil and things like that mm-hmm. at home. It just somehow it felt like Athens, this superpower, fell to the little guy because they were doing so many things wrong <laughs> um, in, internally. And so that, that story was really fascinating, but it was really the story that was interesting. Are we okay? I think we're doing all right. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, and so, yeah, that was a big part of it. But then learning about philosophy and jumping into philosophy, my first philosophy class was uh, Chinese philosophy. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. Chinese philosophy with Dr. Tenelsoff. Um, I remember sitting in that class and we would have basically do readings and then have discussions and I, I would be, even though we do Tori and I would have discussions in Tori, I, mm-hmm. and I discussed all throughout high school, I had like started a discussion club and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was still like so nervous to talk because the people that I was around really knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And at certain times, like the professor would ask like, what kind of ethic is... Um, like Confucius really trying to build here. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. And people are like, well, it's not a deontology. It's like kind of like <laughs> using these terms and like, like it's not a deontological ethic. It's not right. something that's a, like, and you're like, wait a minute, like, <laughs> what does this mean? Right. And so like, I just felt really behind, but I just loved how that, that professor, Dr. Tanelsoff, um, mm-hmm. he would ask questions when we would either feel like we wrapped something up or feel like we really discussed something that were very practical, mm-hmm. but also just like pushed ideas that I didn't know I had. Mm. Like I remember one question in particular, we were talking about leaders and like what's the role of a leader, um, looking at like uh, some of the different uh, ideas from Chinese philosophy. And he asked the question of like, if you saw DBC, like Dr. Barry Corey, mm-hmm. if you saw Dr. Barry Corey, the president of Biola, 
mowing the lawn Wednesday mm-hmm. morning, would you say, oh, this is this is a wonderful leader because he's doing things that the the like the common person does. Like mm-hmm. he's he's not putting himself above others, or is he a uh, is is he not doing his job as a leader? Mm. Like that's the role of the landscaper, right? And why why do we have a president doing the role of the landscaper when he has presidential duties to do? Right. And so that was something where I was like, oh, my gut reaction was just like, well, of course he's he's being this the great, humble, yes. and yeah, yeah, good the, example, yeah, exactly the servant leader um, picture that I'd kind of thought, but then right. I hadn't really been challenged in that to think, oh well leadership also has its own duties not the thing that I, I, I knew it did beforehand but just to think oh wow there's a there's another picture of shouldn't he be doing his right. presidential work yeah um, the work that is required of him yeah and so if I remember correctly um, and this would have been one of the things that I always admired about you I think you getting put into that situation where you felt a little bit out of your league and then getting pushed on by Tanelsoft too I feel like that really lit a, a hunger for uh, just diligence and diligent study. And um, I think that's kind of set a pattern for you throughout your studies. Would that be correct? I, I, I can definitely see that. I appreciate you saying that. I think it's, it's kind of funny wanting to impress people, but people that I respect has mm-hmm. always kind of been something that has like driven me so yeah. him being somebody who i've seen as like very wise very charismatic and thoughtful and intelligent and somebody who's also just a great kind professor and mentor um wanting to study hard and know the material and then also provide thoughtfully to conversation so like kind of as C.S. Lewis talks about like in The Weight of Glory like mm-hmm. the student trying to get the teacher's approval right um, so that's definitely part of it cool yeah yeah and I think so that class got cut short because of COVID mm-hmm. kind of crazy story I yeah. remember it was Thursday morning and we we're like all chatting before class and Dr. Janelsov said I heard on the podcast this morning that this week is supposed to be like the last week of normalcy because like COVID was rolling into the West Coast or even other places and like schools were already shutting down. Biola hadn't shut down yet. And I remember thinking last week of normalcy. Yeah. Like, what do you like? Obviously, like, what do you mean? Like not even knowing what was to come. And it was that day that Biola shut down. Wow. And at that point, we thought we were going to stay, yeah, and we, we were going to become insane surfers. <laughs> we did. It was probably that that weekend where we went to like O'Neill, bought wetsuits, uh-huh. like, and then like borrowed With Amy's discount. Yeah. that wasn't even that good. <laughs> no, <laughs> we were promised this discount, and we were given like she's so like I think I get like thirty percent off, right? And there's like, like five 15. or fifteen yeah, or right. something like that. There's like this minimal like. Well, we're, we're in We're it. here. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to Doheny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to say that we went to Doheny. We because, went to like a side beach of Doheny. Right. <laughs> and then we like swam out past the break, which literally meant walking past the shore break. Right. And then we just sat in right. the ocean for it's an hour and a half. Cloudy, just <laughs> depressing. Yeah. We but, got, but we were like, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It was. I think we got up at 
like 6 a.m. Right. or something and it, like loaded the boards in the night before. Yeah. Like I remember, I think I probably like laid my wetsuit out like, oh, this, like I got to grab it. Right. I can't yeah. forget I can't it. forget the wetsuit. Wet yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was just like such a funny moment where I was like, okay, like I guess today just wasn't the right day. <laughs> right. Well, it might have been, but it was also just the wrong beach. Right. There were lots of things <laughs> that were wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so then that was uh going into covid eventually we get sent home yep. um crazy time mm -hmm. on our floor uh <laughs> wrapping up in the dorms and everything yeah. um but then we get sent home i uh was planning that summer to work for a lumber company i actually talked with them over spring break mm -hmm. uh, a week before we things kind of are like two or three weeks before covid really yeah. shut everything down and so when i got back in town because they were all outside and they um, were, you're pretty isolated for a lot of it. I was able to just kind of get to work and go mm -hmm. work for them, which was a blessing. Uh, but it was really fascinating. And especially after like reading Marcus Aurelius and other people in mm -hmm. Tory, like these Stoic philosophers, but also just like these uh, like interesting thinkers and things like that. I remember one thing from Marcus Aurelius that stuck with me was about how like, he was like, people always complain about wanting to go on vacation but you can always go on a vacation in your, in mind. your mind. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so when I read that, I was in school in Southern California at Biola, like, oh, like you don't really need a vacation. Right. And then not really thinking about how, like, oh, these people are probably like rolling big stones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like slaving away. Doing some real work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I go work for a lumber company or like a, a firewood making company in Oregon and I'm like doing manual labor. Yeah. Like I come home exhausted right. after nine days Just of manual beat. labor. Hit yeah. the bed, wake <laughs> yeah. up, do it again. <laughs> exactly. And so now I was like, Marcus Aurelius is just like hitting in a way that he wasn't previously. Right. And I like I'm actually like really thankful for this too. I never had like AirPods or good headphones That's right. when I worked. And a lot of the times I'd work around louder machinery. So I'd either put earplugs in or I like have over ear protection. And so a lot of my day was just spent thinking. And my dad in particular told me at the beginning of my job that he was like, he was talking primarily about like my drive to and from work. Mm -hmm. But also while I was at work, he was like, don't listen to music. Don't try and like distract yourself. He was like, take the time to just daydream. Mm -hmm. Just think. Yeah. Don't, yeah, like just Think about what you want to do in the future. Think about ideas that you, you want to accomplish or things you want to work on yeah. and just daydream. And so that that like spring into summer was full of like lots of different ideas. Like yeah. I would get ideas and I would call you yeah. and I'd be like, Brayden, we're throwing parties. Yep, yep. Gonna be Themed party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. The Biola party scene is just weak. It's got to change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, it's going to be like a speakeasy right. where it's like, we'll have a house, but on the outside it'll look like nothing's happening. But then you like go around to the back and there's music. Like, <laughs> like we could probably even get like some of the musicians at Bayoldo like play their own music, play live music yeah. and like just have a venue. Like right. our house would just be a venue. So your mind was just yeah pumping out ideas. Yeah. So it was that I like. I taught a very exclusive acting class to myself. Uh, out there. I would do accents. I would do voices. I would like just think about uh, different different things I wanted to write. I at the time I had loved 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 
fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say loved like it's past tense. I still love fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that at the time, I was like, should I go into fashion? Is this something that I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so especially working around natural products like wood, I would every once in a while come across like just these beautiful pieces of wood and I would like take pictures of them or like mm-hmm. moss would come off of this tree mm-hmm. and I would like be taking pictures of her leaves or all that kind of stuff. And so I like would just be also thinking about like these different ideas for um, for garments, for mm-hmm. menswear, womenswear, jackets, things like that. And so that advice from my dad paired with just a, an introduction into the way that great books and philosophy can open your mind mm. in that space like alone yeah for a lot during the day yeah was just a like a breeding ground for creativity that i like kind of don't want to go back to because <laughs> of like the isolation of like that time there was a lot of like this sucks I hate this. Yeah. Or also just like, I'm so tired every day and I have no time to like read or write or like think about other things um, or hang out with people. Um, but also like ex- incredibly thank you, thankful for it. I think mm-hmm. it incubated a lot of ideas and patterns into like how I think about things yeah. and having like where I go to find space for creativity or space yeah. for thinking about things that has just been really helpful. Now, I remember I, I remember all of this happening. I remember the ideas. I remember how good it was for you. I remember how hard it was and how <laughs> lonely it was to be at home. And you know, I was obviously feeling the same way at the same time, working construction. Yeah. Um, but I also remember that in some way you didn't listen to your dad's advice because you were listening to Dua Lipa. Uh, yes. That's yeah. where it all began, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was <laughs> at, at that work. At work, I, <laughs> I. So what I would try and do is I would try and spend at least the first half of my day, or up till lunch, without uh-huh. listening to music. Right. But usually, it'd get to a point where I'd just, just be like, can't take it I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> take it anymore. Um, and I would always be like, "Don't start now," but I, but I had to. Right. There was a little Dua Lipa reference. In there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's funny. I so I had, had a long-standing crush on Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, <laughs> fantastic movie. Yeah. If you want to watch it, it's the best thing DC has ever made. Mm. Uh, besides the Christopher Nolan Batman's and the newer Batman, those are pretty good. But at the time, that was like that was contemporary it. DC movies. Those were good. <laughs> but just in general, it's a good movie. Uh, and so at the beginning of COVID, uh, Vogue mm. on YouTube put mm. out a 73 questions yes. with Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. which for me was gold. Right. I was like, this is the interview I've been waiting for. Yeah. Vogue, 73 questions. I right. love this. Yeah. I think that platform is just iconic and kind of hilarious. Yeah. But then also Gal Gadot, right. Wonder Woman, she's fantastic. I've needed this. Yeah. And one of the questions that I asked Gal Gadot is, what's a song that you can't get out of your head uh. right now? And she said... Uh, don't start now by Dua Lipa, huh. and she like sang a little bit of it, and I was like, oh, I feel like I've heard that song. <laughs> it's like I think I think I've heard that song, uh-huh. and so I'm like, all right, well, if my girl Gal likes it, right, I gotta check it out. So so really, the first love of your life put you onto the second love of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. That's a new one. It is. <laughs> I don't call it cheating because she never knew. Fair enough. 
Mm-hmm. Let's not apply that anywhere else, but for this context, <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll uh, give you that so one. I mean, I, <laughs> I meant never knew, not like she didn't know I was... She never knew you were dating. In yes, exactly, right. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, not a... Not a yes. Still, we'll just leave that one over yeah, in the corner. That one will hang. We'll come back to it later, hopefully not. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but, so yeah. lo- lonely summer, difficult summer. <laughs> Sorry for everyone. Yeah, really, lots of dual lipa. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for me too. That, yeah. No. Lo- no loneliness, but not the dual lipa. Never. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, it's okay. uh, but so that was a long summer, and yeah. then we were hoping to come back to school. Yeah. In oh the yeah. Fall. All of like the the plans that we had for like oh we're gonna we're gonna throw these parties we're gonna be back like the way that Biola was talking about school too was oh like obviously we'll be back COVID's just this little blip mm-hmm. we thought we'd be gone for two weeks yeah. and then and then the summer rolls through and then Biola sends out the survey saying like hey do you actually want to come back <laughs> and we're all like uh yes, yes. Please. Yeah, and I remember thinking like, oh no, enough people might say they they don't want to, and then you said that you're like, I think you talked with your dad, mm-hmm. and your dad was like, oh, that's genius, mm-hmm. like that's the best way to put it on the radar for people that we aren't coming back yep. without explicitly saying it. Right. And then it clicked. I was like, oh, of course, that's what yeah. they're doing. Disappointing us slowly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Softening the fall. Right. Yeah. And so I think instantly. Either we had, I think we had just gotten back from a camping trip. I think it was like a... Yes, yeah. you and I had gone, I, I met you up in Oregon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so we went on a camping trip um, where we... We ate <laughs> rice. Rice and beans. <laughs> when you were on your vegan... Yes, I was vegan yeah. for the month and because I was trying to figure out just fun stuff to do. <laughs> <during COVID. laughs> um, and then uh, we, rice and be- we did rice and beans for like one day. <laughs> And then it was like, this is terrible. Right. This isn't camping. Like, why would you do this? Yeah, where are the hot dogs? Where are the s'mores? Uh-huh. Where is anything else that you would do right. while you're camping? And as soon as we could, we hit the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Probably two family-sized bags of chips, Oreos, <laughs> all the good stuff. It was like the complete over-adjustment. Right. It went from like, we're going to be healthy. We're eating rice, right. beans. Maybe kale made it in the mix. Might have. It, in, I wouldn't have put it past somewhere. vegan meat. Right. Yeah. And then it was like, screw this. Hot dogs, Doritos, s'mores, just, mm-hmm. I think, candy. Like, yep. And then we were like, we're idiots. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. So, but so that, we come back from that. Yeah. Come back from that. And then... Um, and then it was like, they, then Biola sent out the survey and we were talking, you're like, what if we went somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Like w- we were originally looking at like Airbnb monthly mm-hmm. rentals mm-hmm. in and around the California area, but in like Big Bear or yeah. something like that. Um, and like trying to find a place. And it's, it, this is like the first taste of, I think, where I realized like, how we value different things at Uh different times where when I'm like oh monthly rental Airbnb Mm -hmm. where are we staying I'm like let's find this really quaint right really cute yeah like really like aesthetically beautiful place Uh it might be it might cost a little bit more right but it's the it'll be the vibe right just kind of be fun and I would send like those ideas to you and then you're like these are expensive I'm like, well, yeah, but like they've got, they've got some decorations in there. They look nice. And then you'd send me stuff that was like, 
very inexpensive or not like very expensive but like much more reasonable right. much more reasonable but they like would have like blank walls <laughs> right. the photo quality was terrible yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're like they've got two bathrooms and three bedrooms we can do it <laughs> what else do we need <laughs> yeah. the kitchen looks like you could cook in it probably yeah and meanwhile I'm like but do I want to cook in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is it like is it going to invite me in <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> well so, I like cooking <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and so I like that was like uh, like just figuring out that kind of stuff but then we were like well okay who are we going with yeah who who do we take and we had gone on a camping trip what was it february or january yeah, was it late it january been, it was right we came back on the day of the super bowl so it would have been really early february yeah that's right and so we those were like a, a group of great guys and so i think we just texted in that group chat saying who's down yeah. to get an Airbnb monthly rental with us. Yeah. And almost, I think it was like a group of six guys and most everyone was like, sure. Yeah, yeah. But then as like school year started to get closer, people were trying to figure things out. It was like, okay, who's actually in? Yeah. And then it came down to like me and like me and you yeah. and then Ellis and then we didn't know if Hogan was in right and we're like I think Hogan's in and then we also like Jackson and Jonathan the yep. two other we friends we thought we had six yeah so we thought we had six guys and we're like okay can we get this work and then Jonathan was like guys the Navy <laughs> it wants <Classic>. me <laughs> it wants me um, so he had to do like monthly trainings that he was like it just wouldn't be worth it to like drive to Charlotte, fly back to yeah. LA, and then come over like, yeah, of course, that, that doesn't work. Right. And then Jackson, um, a good friend of ours, was working a ton over COVID as well, mm -hmm. but he was like trying to save money for school because like he could keep working and keep making a ton of money while still doing school because he was doing like some really intense landscaping that was making yeah. like really good money. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, I like guys, I might drive out for a weekend or so, but I don't think I can make it. Right. And so it came down to me, you and Ellis and Hogan. Right. And then Hogan was in my cohort, didn't know him super well. Mm -hmm. he, we went on this camping trip with him and he was still just kind of this enigma. Yeah. Like who He's a is, mystery. yeah, yeah who is Hogan? Sure. So that, and then we like, we were trying to figure out where we were going to stay. Ellis was like, um, nice. <laughs> Guys, I have news. <laughs> we might. We might be able to stay at this, I don't know, this ranch. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this cabin that my family owns in the middle of nowhere, Burnsville, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, how much? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, no, no. Free. Yeah, exactly. And we're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. We well, can me, at, me at least. I'm yes. I'm in. Yeah. Jack's like, how's the kitchen? <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, like, does he have a photo of it? Like, what's the cabin? Like, what's this like? And and so then we were like, let's do it. Yeah. And we get Hogan in. Hogan's like, I'm down. Uh -huh. Let's do it. I, I still don't know to this day why he said yes. Like, from the information just he had. Basically coming in blind. <laughs> yeah. That must have been the spirit just being like, you. There. There. You need to be there. Right. Um, and so... Uh, we, me, or you and Ellis were in California. Mm -hmm. I mean, you live in, have been living in California, and Ellis was, I think, just staying there because he couldn't go back to Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, and then, or he was in D.C. for a while, and then he came back. Mm -hmm. um, and so I met you guys there. Mm -hmm. We loaded up your car. Yep. And we headed east on the 40. Yep. And 
<laughs> we were together for three full days. <laughs> One night I slept in the car. I forgot yeah. my hotel key. And um, we and I, Ellis and I woke up and we're like, did Brayden like leave? We're like, did he abandon us? Or like did he get kidnapped? Like like what happened to Brayden? And then you were just in your car and <laughs> just slumped. Yeah. And so we're like, is everything okay? Yeah. Like, but no, you just forgot your key. <laughs> um and then like I mean West Texas isn't the prettiest place in the world. Oh. Neither is most of the 40 going through New Mexico. New Mexico is pretty, just not what we saw. Yeah. So. Although, Officer Buttnaz, <laughs> yeah. he was a cutie. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That was. I got a speeding warning. Yeah. Which was, a, a, I, I clearly didn't heed the warning because it was probably like three or four weeks later that I got the ticket once we were in North Carolina. But that, I mean, that ticket was ridiculous. <laughs> we can get to that ticket. Right. Because <laughs> that, that ticket's like the pinnacle of like that kind of North Carolina moment. Right. Yeah. And not like the pinnacle, but like it's a key player. For sure. In the North Carolina A moment. stressor. <laughs> yeah. And so we get to North Carolina and it was a combination of like your dream and my dream. <laughs> right. It's free. It's functional. Yeah. It's it, close to nature it's yeah. wonderful yeah and me it was beautiful yeah this is this gorgeous cabin that has been decked out in ralph Lauren, just <laughs> right. all this other like cabin attire like cabin aesthetic yeah. stuff the fish on the wall just... <laughs> yeah. uh yuri, yuri the bear yeah and just like all these different things and it's just beautiful cabin and it didn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it. <laughs> and so we are planning on doing online school at a cabin that doesn't have Wi-Fi. School starts in a week. And we're like, all right, well, we'll just get Wi-Fi because Alice has called ahead. Yeah. It should right. be here. Right. We should be able to set up and everything. And we're like, okay, also in the meantime, for the for like couple days that we don't have Wi-Fi, let's go to the Buck House, mm-hmm. which is just this bread, bed and breakfast just uh, a little way, like maybe like a three minute walk yeah. down the hill from where we were staying. Yeah. Was it and was it Debbie? Sam and Debbie. Sam and Debbie. And Sam and Debbie. Thank God yes. for Sam and Debbie. Amen. <laughs> they, because of COVID, couldn't host guests right. either. And so they had their dining room just open. Yeah. And we did class for like three weeks mm-hmm. in the dining room. Yeah. Now we're East Coast time. Yeah. doing class on West Coast time. <laughs> I had a class that was supposed to be 6 to 9 p.m. West Coast time, which ended up being 9 to midnight East Coast time. So I'm in their like old, beautiful, like full wood yeah. dining room <laughs> that echoes like crazy. The yeah. walls are thin yeah. and like I just know that they can hear everything that's happening. On Zoom. Exactly. Even though I have headphones in, yeah. anytime I open my mouth, like the whole <laughs> yeah. house knows. And this would this have been a philosophy class? Yeah, it was Greek and Roman philosophy. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so that was happening. And so then finally we get Wi-Fi. Um, but just like to set the, the scene for where we are, we're like uh, a 20-minute drive off of the nearest, like, like not public road but like highway kind Mm -hmm. of road and the road that you would take to get to our place was this like super narrow two-lane road that was windy you'd go up 
this hill mm-hmm. and then down over the hill and into the into the, like the valley and you had to put it back into first gear yeah, and yeah. Burn out the brakes. <laughs> um, but it was beautiful yeah it was gorgeous. just gorgeous like rolling hills we got there right at kind of the the end of august so it's still warm still a little bit humid but it's higher elevation so humidity started to die fast mm-hmm. the color started to come in quickly mm-hmm. it just and then like fall started to kick in mm-hmm. and i remember like a couple memories of us just like being in the yard like yeah, throwing, the, throwing football, the football with like the the fall breeze coming in it oh. was just one of those like this is iconic right like, this i'll never forget that it was just just totally crazy yeah but in the midst of all that we hit probably the biggest bump for that sure we've we've ever had which it probably and this we'll go back to the ticket now yeah this was probably so first off we came in with massively different expectations yes and this it started we should have known yeah when we were comparing our airbnbs (laughs) but for some reason we didn't we didn't pick up on it and we came in we were jack is like we're a family we are (laughs) we are just living the life up in this kitchen in this North Carolina house and I'm so glad that you that you wanted to do that because it turned out great but me I'm like I'm still thinking that we're gonna do what we did when we were camping I'm like rice and beans only (laughs) I'm gonna hike every single day yeah you know I who knows what I was thinking but uh, that that started to cause some tension Mm -hmm. Um, you also wanted to go to church yes and i had the only car yep and so i was it was like a 30 or 45 minute drive maybe 30 to to church oh i think it was i think it was 40 or something like that like it was a drive yeah and so i was frustrated we've got to go to church yeah uh every every sunday it's a 40 minute drive and maybe our second time going yeah it was the first time is when hogan found the dead mouse in the lawn chair (laughs) The second time, (laughs) the second time is when we're going, it's maybe a 55 or 65. Um, I think it was like, I think it was a 55. 55. Yeah. And we come over the top of this hill and we're coming down the hill and I maybe touch 70. Yeah. Which in California is... Like, just driving that's yeah <laughs> that's like that's like neighborhood road speed <laughs> in california yeah exactly so i touch 70 the lights come on behind me yeah i'm already pissed and it was just it was not my day i think yeah. from there until the time we got to church i was just silent it was yeah. just one of those like yeah i have nothing to say and i remember like it was already like are we going to church? Like, is that something we can do? Because great, like you got your oil changed right before we left and you're supposed to get your oil changed every 3000 miles mm-hmm. or so. And so we drive 3000 miles across country <laughs> and you're like, I got my oil changed a week ago. Yeah. And then also like we were coming in and the, the brakes like were smoking uh, because we didn't put it in first gear. Yeah. And so there was just this general like, okay, we've got one car here. We need it. Yeah. We need this car. <laughs> It's Brayden's car. <laughs> and so there was a sense of like, okay, it's Brayden's car. Brayden gets to decide what we do with it, but we all want to do different things. Yeah. And so that's where like a lot of the tension started to come up. So even I remember you get this ticket silent as we're driving to church and me, Ellis and Hogan get out. We grab mm-hmm. the chairs 
and you're like, guys, I'll, I'll like, I'll catch up with you. You stayed yeah. in the car, and I think you called your parents. My parents. Yeah. I was sobbing. I was, I was just so frustrated. Yeah. I was frustrated about the car. I was frustrated about the food, which yeah. is a whole different thing. Because <laughs> um, we were, we were all sharing meals, driving once a week to the grocery, mm-hmm. loading up. Um, it was, ex- it was, re- it, it was it, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was, and. And I wasn't making any money. Yeah. You and Ellis were, I think. Yeah, I had a, a job with SMU online. Right. And mm-hmm. so that was, I think that was stressful for me too, which, you know, looking back on it, all these things are a little ridiculous. We're able to laugh at them now. But yeah. at the time it was, They're I was mad at you. I was mad at you. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm spending all this money on Jack's dinners, <laughs> and, yeah. which were amazing. <laughs> no, but I get, I get, thank you, I appreciate it. But like, I get it, I yeah. get it. Like, and even I remember, like, right before we had left, um, right before we had left, you had, like, just kindled things with Aaliyah. Like, yeah. like things, or things were, like, beginning between you and Aaliyah where, like, you had kind of told her you liked her, which mm-hmm. sponsored some changes in her <laughs> life. Um, and then, like, you guys were, like, talking and FaceTiming almost every day or maybe even every day at that point. And the plan was that they, like, Aaliyah was coming out, Mel was coming out, and Amy was going to come out. And we were talking about, like, oh, like, it's so cool they're going to come out. And we never really talked about how long. And then it was also, like, I like yeah. I want to be aware of, like, we're, like, your girlfriend, Ellis's girlfriend. Yep. And then they're, like, Amy. And I was, Amy. like, yeah, like, just Amy. Amy, Amy could have stayed the whole yeah. time. She would have been fine. Amy would have had But it was one of those was, like, I remember particularly being like, I don't know how much I want them out here for like a super long time yeah. or like I don't know if I want them staying with us or yep. something like that. And so then I remember like opening that conversation at one point but then never really like bringing it up again and then hearing that like, oh, they're going to come for three weeks. And I was, I was like, what the heck? I remember calling my, my parents and being like, they're coming and staying for three weeks. Yeah. And like this is like feels so weird. Like looking back on that too, it was like super tame and everything. But it was just one of those where I was like, what? Yeah. Like, my only experience of, like, living in and around women that aren't my family is the dorm. And that's, and like, wildly yeah, separated. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's no in-between. Yeah. You're either, like, in separate rooms or in different buildings. Or, I, like, in, like, yeah. different parts of the building or whatever. I remember saying. that you, like, you were pretty frustrated that you had to wake up in the morning and that there would be, like, girls in the house. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like... I mean, fair. Yeah. But also at the time I was like, what? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. And I think I was trying to make like some moral claim about it where it's like, I just don't want to be like that exposed. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean like, sure, but not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. I think I was being prude or whatever at that time. But one thing that I remember thinking about is like, so we like, we would like hit a bump like a, like we would get to a point where like the tension would build between the two of us where it'd be like okay maybe we have to talk about it mm-hmm. or we would just like just kind of like just be upset at each other mm-hmm. and a lot of it was oriented around food so we made a change at one week where yep. we're all buying our Which own groceries. Which was terrible. <laughs> Did you throw up that week or something? I got so sick. That's a, that's a different story but yeah oh, okay. I, I had like a couple meals of rice and beans. I don't know what happened and I would like was I was out for yeah for like Two days, two full days oh, was out. So. Oh, yeah. And so, like, that was happening. But I remember being like, I'm not looking forward to Aaliyah coming because Ellis and Hogan are kind of, like, 
not in this like food <laughs> debate. Right. And then I know that Aaliyah would back you. Yeah. And Ellis and Mel would probably be on the same page, and I didn't. I wasn't really accounting for Amy. And so it was one of those where I was like, oh man, like I'm gonna get outnumbered. Like, and I was anticipating this yeah. fight. I was anticipating this. Now that we have more people, we're gonna go and do the individual meals, and I just wasn't looking forward to that and everything. And so when when she came, we we're like, oh no, let's. Like, we're going to stick with, like, meals for now. We're going to do meals for now. But I think it was an open question of, like, we might switch to yeah. to individual meals or something like that. Um, and then, like, the girls came. It was just, like, it was so much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. It was just nice to have more people just there, too. Just somebody different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It had been the four of us in that cabin for, I think, like, two months at that Probably, point. Probably, yeah. And so we were, like, it's just nice to have Nice to have somebody else. Yeah. Um, and so that was just a breath of fresh air. Amy was there for almost a month. <laughs> she pulled up early. Made breakfast for us. <laughs> <laughs> Made cardamom simple syrup for her lattes. So great. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just, like great. Um, and then actually like one and like Aaliyah's there and like you guys were hitting it off. And of I think like when Aaliyah came, it opened up like it opened up just like, oh, like the world's bigger than the four of us in this yeah. cabin. Like, and when the girls came in general, too. Yeah. Um, and so that really helped, for at least me, like, recognizing for the two of us, like, yeah. oh, like, the world's bigger than the four of Took us. Took some pressure off, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember one moment in particular, you, like, came around and was like, yeah, yeah, like, hey, let's talk, or something like that. And I was like, okay, like, sure. And I was anticipating the, like, here comes the food conversation, or, like, we're going to talk about something. And then we, like, went up on the roof. Because the roof was just the coolest place. Yeah, it's so great. I would open up my bedroom window, <laughs> climb out on the roof, and get up, and just, you could see the stars, you yeah. could see the sun. The leaves at that point too were changing. Mm-hmm. It was, it was surreal. Mm-hmm. It was surreal. And we're up on the roof, and I like this was a huge moment for me at least. I remember you saying like, I just want you to know like, you're one of my closest, like you're my closest friend, mm-hmm. like, and I really value your input and and your like. Um, your friendship and just want to like check in and see how you're doing and like stuff like that and I was like man like Brayden's the guy mm. like Brayden is my closest friend like just for you to do that while your girlfriend is there too mm-hmm. to take the time away from her and just be like the two of us guys up on the up on the roof looking at the stars we talked about life just talked about other things too but it's just like no that was like Brayden I can fight but we're good yeah we're good yeah and there were still some fights to come, but yeah. like we came out, we came out better for it. So yeah, yeah. Which funny um, about that conversation, I feel like you were really struggling with what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, which was a theme for all of us doing online school out yeah. there. But um, I remember you talking about maybe going back to Bridgetown, uh, maybe pursuing fashion more. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I guess kind of to, to get back into the flow of, of uh, you know, our schooling so far. Yeah. What was what was your thinking like while we were out there? Yeah, I think I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do with philosophy in particular and things like that. And and why I was studying philosophy or, or should I keep studying philosophy? And I, I remember like... It was just really clear when I joined philosophy that I should stay in philosophy. Like mm. that was, was really clear. But what I didn't know is if I should take a break from school. 
And so I remember Hogan and I were talking about, should we just try and go to New York (laughs) and like just work there just to be there, like Uh get an apartment and like just try and, and I remember thinking like, I could go to all these different smaller fashion companies and just like try and get a job. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like I think I've got skills that I could just go and get a job. I mean, looking back on that, I probably wouldn't have gotten a job. <laughs> like I probably would have been toast. Yeah. Um. So glad that didn't happen. But I also was like reaching out to different, um, different like companies in Oregon. One that does like suiting in Oregon and was like talking with them and was like, oh, could I work for you guys if I came back over the over the fall or in the spring and they're like maybe like we'd love to interview you we'd love to talk with you and but was looking into like pursuing fashion more Mm -hmm. so and I think particularly in reading Dante and other writers just kind of seeing like the beauty as something to pursue uh, alongside the what is good and what's true Mm -hmm. Um, but pursuing something that's beautiful like what makes something just beautiful and trying to really dive deeper into that and so fashion was just kind of the way that I had like entered into the arts in that sense. And I would like to say I have an eye, like an eye for like details and fashion was really uh, mm-hmm. a place where I had honed in some skills. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to do fashion. I remember going into the winter break thinking, all right, like I'm going to do fashion. I sewed a lot over mm-hmm. that winter break when we finally got back home yeah. and things like that, made some fun things. Um, and was just like then debating, well, should I transfer? Yeah. Should I look into transferring to a different art school? I had found out that a family friend of mine that I hadn't talked to for a long time um, was at a fashion school in New York at Parsons. And the last time I talked to her, I was like five years old. It was like <laughs> our family's like hanging out over a summer on like a trip to Disneyland or something like that. Um, and so I found out she was at Parsons in my one. Then we were deciding, okay, well, we're going back to school. Mm-hmm. We're, Biola's kind of opening. We thought it would open more than it ended up opening. <laughs> and we're like, all right, let's get an apartment together. Let's get a yeah. house. So we got a house. I'd been talking with Max uh, Krushevich, Max, mm-hmm. our friend, uh, a lot that semester to be like, how's it going? He had a little bit of a bumpy semester that year. And so he was looking for like new people to live with. And then so we're like, all right, Max, like, look, come live with us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man. Hogan and Max are so different. I don't know if they'll get along. <laughs> now they're like best of friends. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Um, but then we found a place and we're doing that. And and I remember um, being like, oh, uh, my friend Emma is from the California area. And because Parsons is online, she's in, in California. So like, I'd love to talk with her and love to talk with her about fashion. But at that point, I was like, fashion. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I like might do a career change like program at Parsons after I graduate or I might look into transferring like do I want to just transfer to an art school yeah um and so I uh was like looking at that but like sketching trying to draw more trying to like think about ideas and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and so especially that spring semester of sophomore year was like fashion is the way that I'm gonna go yeah I want to do fashion yeah and I remember um, like having conversations with you at this point about also just feeling frustrated about all the different directions you wanted to go. Yeah. And I remember you describing these like, like you would look around at all the options and then these lines going out. And yeah, I just remember that the difficulty of trying to process what to do and the frustration of like I feel like I'm going in five different directions yeah um, 
and it's like this is true of myself still, which I need to get better at. But I, whenever I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do this, then I go, let's plan out every <laughs> single thing I need to do to get there. Right. And so then, um, so then for me to like jump ship and be like, oh, let's try something else. It's, it's like, like your whole life. Yeah, is... complete <laughs> abandonment of the future. Like, yeah. what am I gonna do now? Um, and so that's like the like me right. like it's like everything like if I make this decision it's like everything then follows from it right um, and I wasn't able to like still have a hard time just like holding the future in ambiguity sometimes yeah. of what that'll look like um, gotten better but still yeah um, and so then was planning on doing fashion and it was crazy the a company that I had followed since beginning of high school called Mr Porter. They're this men's fashion retail company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like a uh, like a huge department store. I actually don't know if they have brick and mortar stores. They're based in the UK, um, but they are online presence and everything. I have an editorial page. Just like they sold high end fashion. And yeah. so what I loved about them in particular, especially on their app as a high schooler trying to get into fashion, is if they were trying to sell a shirt, they would style the shirt with an outfit. Okay. And so I would love to look at the outfits that they put together. Yeah. And it was just a really cool way for me to see, like, the way that people were styling things, keep up with trends, keep up with, like, different uh, men's fashion looks. And so they, as a company, put out this thing called Mr. Porter Futures, which was where people of any background in fashion mm-hmm. could answer some questions for a questionnaire and then create a mood board and five looks for a collection that they would want to put out. Mm-hmm. Be like, they wouldn't have to be the only five looks you'd put out. Matter of fact, they wanted you to put out a collection of like 15 pieces, um, but they wanted five looks. And they were like, submit it by um, June 1st. It has to be submitted by June 1st, and this is what we're looking for. And this is like two weeks before finals mm-hmm. of the spring semester. And I was just like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is like this chance. literally is like specifically what I was looking for. I opened up the app on the day that it launched mm. and was like so tempted to just be like, screw finals, I'm doing this. <laughs> um, but I had to finish finals. Um, but then I was like, this just feels like such a gift from God that like here it is, like this major company that not only has the funds but the recognition to produce these things is offering an opportunity to create a fashion line for people of all different backgrounds Mm -hmm. and all ages um, that then they will make and mentor you through the year to like develop as a designer and things like that. So I was like, this is a godsend. Mm -hmm. This is the way that I can avoid expensive design school and like jump into fashion without just like trying to start my own boutique and like put 10 years of work into like just getting off the ground. Mm And so that summer, at the beginning of the summer, I wasn't looking for jobs. I wasn't looking for like uh, internships or things to do. I looked a little bit beforehand to like see if I could intern at like some of these other fashion companies, but in Portland, but that was just really limited and I wasn't really able to find anything uh, of substance. And so I put tons of effort into it. Mm -hmm. Emma, my friend that I had gotten to know, uh, who goes to Parsons, like helped me with a lot of different things, like just was like helpful in trying to learn the design process for fashion of like really going into it. So I did like hundreds of sketches for like different ideas and like went through lots of different options and and then adjusted certain things and even like had to learn like how to draw and create mm-hmm. depth with certain uh, colored pencils even I really learned <laughs> how to do a little bit. And so I 
And like I remember like the day before it was due, I wasn't satisfied with where my stuff was. I had already written all of my written responses. I had done most of my designs. I knew what my looks were, but I was working on the last illustrations of them. And I pulled an all-nighter drawing and finishing these illustrations. Mm -hmm. And I remember like loving my time doing it. Yeah. Like I didn't, like I've pulled all-nighters before for school (laughs) where I'm like, just get it done, Jack. Just come on, like keep going, like keep going. Like just do good work, but do it fast so you can get to bed. Right. This was like, I'm having fun. Yeah. Like I was energized. I was just really excited about it. And I was doing a lot of great work for it. And um, and so like I, I kind of finished my designs and I like scanned them and upload them and everything. And it's around like it, it they were due at like midnight, the U- UK time, yeah, which is like three or 4 PM Portland time, mm-hmm. I think, or something along those lines. And so I put in all this work and I'm designing everything. And so I like around 12, I get like Emma on a zoom call and I'm like showing things for her and she's like giving me great like suggestions on like how to tweak things, tweak things. So like they align, so they just look professional mm-hmm. and certain things like that. So it's like, perfect. So we're doing all of that. And we're like adding all this stuff to my like illustrator file and everything. And so then it's a probably around like, um, an hour before I need to submit and it's done. And I go to submit and the file's too big. The file is like almost like six gigabytes <laughs> when it needs to be 10 millibytes or megabytes or whatever. And, and really, yeah. So I was like, oh no, what do I do? And so there was like ways to suppress it yeah. or like comp- not suppress yeah. it, compress the file yeah. in like, uh, in, f- uh, what am I trying to say? Adobe. Or there's, there's yeah, in different things, different, in different yeah. parts of Illustrator and things like that. But yeah. I'm not super well versed in in Adobe at all. Right. Acrobat is there for that. Yeah. And I didn't really even know that. Yeah. And so my dad has friends who are graphic designers, so he's like trying to call them, like just trying to help yeah. me get this submitted. And so we're finally trying all of these different things. We get it down to like three gigabytes and it's like oh we're close like it's good like we got to get it there and like we're just like we get smaller and smaller and smaller and then uh one of my dad's friends like finally picks up and he's like you got to throw in an acrobat so like i download acrobat from the adobe suite and then i'm like trying to put it into acrobat and i submit it mm-hmm. a minute too late so i refresh the page and it says like this is closed yeah like we're not taking submissions and instantly I email like the Mr. Porter like helpline to right. be like, here's all my work, here's all my written information, like here's everything creative that you could ask for me. Yeah. Like I'm not <laughs> cheating. Like yeah. I just truly couldn't get it in in time. Yeah. And I don't hear anything back from them that day. But it was also one of those just like I put like a month of work into this and it just didn't go through. Mm-hmm. Um and I emailed Mr. Porter, the, like a couple of days later, they emailed me back and they're like, thank you for your email. Or it's just like something vague like that where it wasn't like, we received it, you're in the pro, like we're, you're in the running for stuff. Uh-huh. Thank you for your submission. It was like, or it wasn't like, sorry, you didn't make it. You didn't yeah. get the deadline. So it's just this ambiguous email. But what was really fascinating is when it didn't go through, it was the like, it was one of like the first moments of like a miscarried dream mm. that I've had uh, where I just have put a lot of work into something that was like 
growing and developing and kind of taking on a life of its own that didn't ever get to walk mm. or didn't ever really get to uh, come to life. Yeah. Um, but what was fascinating about that moment was I remember just being like, I guess it's not in the cards. Like mm. it was just this re- like clarity of like, I think like this was the, it almost was like this was the chance. Like this was huh. the opportunity that was going to make or break and it didn't happen. And it was just a, a clear sign of God being like, Maybe not. Yeah. Like, this doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so I remember being like, oddly okay. Yeah. A little bit too peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so then I go back to work for the um, the fire firewood company and yeah. other things. And then I was just like, kind of put fashion down for a minute, even after like learning a lot and like thinking like, okay, well now I know what to do. I can just like do it again and like mm-hmm. keep making designs and stuff like that. It was like, no, let's take a break. And then I remember going into my fall semester back at Biola. Junior year. Junior year. Yeah. We're back in, in person. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the dorms. And I remember thinking, okay, I kind of botched internships mm-hmm. last summer. Like I didn't apply for internships at a good time. I was re- I was being told I was replying late, applying late and things like that. So I wasn't getting things I was looking for. So I was like, ideally, I kind of know what I want to do for the summer, at least by around the, the winter break, by around winter break. So I can start looking at internships and looking to apply for internships, um, for the summer. And so I remember asking like a couple, like my parents, a couple of my mentors, Dr. Henderson, Dr. Tanelsoff, just to pray for me that fall, that the Lord would really be clear about what he's kind of calling me into or where I should go for an internship or or what I should be doing that summer, even not trying to think too big picture or something like that. But that prayer request was huge. And frankly, I forgot about it. Mm. I like asked them to pray about that. And they're like, absolutely. They're like, I'll totally pray about it. Um, But I'd forgotten I asked them to pray about it, which was really fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. And so did you end up applying for things in the winter or did it take until the spring before you actually applied for things? So I asked them to pray for me, like just that I'd figure out what it it is that I would do um, that summer at least Mm -hmm. or have a better picture of like where I should internship or what I should look for for an internship, where I should intern. Um, And then um, we like are going through that semester, we're reading amazing books that fall in Tory. We read Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. We read some Shakespeare, King Henry V, Richard III. Um, we read um, just a couple other fantastic stories. I mean, Brothers, Brothers Karamazov, K, yeah, Brothers to K. say the least. But that happened a little bit later um, in the semester. But it was truly Richard III. We read mm-hmm. Richard III. I remember thinking, like, Shakespeare wrote plays in in and around the 14 1500s or something like that i could be wrong but i think it's like <laughs> in around that time um and i'm like why have we not made stories that are as good as shakespeare's i think kind of a naive statement but <laughs> but just being like we're studying somebody who tells amazing stories from that time like have there been other shakespeare's that have come I mean, to some extent, maybe, but 
but also but just like being really like the movies or the stories we tell now Mm -hmm. are nowhere near as deep or as rich as the stories that Shakespeare was telling Mm -hmm. or that these authors are telling that we're reading in Tori Um, and so I remember and I'm and then also I'm taking a modern philosophy class taught by Dr. Tanelsoff, but the way it's taught was really fascinating is he taught it as a story, mm. as an intellectual story, where you're following kind of the fall of the church as an, as an authority on knowledge, and then you go through like Descartes and Spinoza and Leibniz as they like are trying to grapple with where do we have our foundation for right. knowledge or what is our foundation for knowledge. And he wove the, those lectures as just pieces to an ongoing story that accumulated or like culminated in, in Kant at the end. And so okay. it was just like, I remember being really captivated by his lectures because it was like, he would just put forth this dilemma and then you'd get a solution to it. And then it'd be like, but there's other problems with it. And it was mm-hmm. just like kept unfolding. Yeah, yeah. And so my, my fall semester was really just consumed by good stories. Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking, okay, if I'm reading good stories and I am critiquing like movies that I watch with friends or like other things like that, that are movies that are being made now or stories that are being made now, can I tell a, like, can I write a good story? Mm -hmm. Can I tell a good story? And so I was like, I want to do it. And for Tori, we we do projects. And so I was like, I want to tell I want to tell a story as a project. And so I was looking into like a proposal for a project. I talked to my mentor about it, um, Dr. Henderson. And I was like, what if I outlined every scene of like a movie script? I'm not trying to write full dialogue or a movie itself, but like flesh out a full arc for a story. Flesh out the full arc. And so I looked it up. Feature, feature length films have anywhere from around 40 to 60 scenes in a movie. And so I tried to outline 40 or more mm-hmm. scenes that filled this arc. Right. And I remember thinking, well, what story do you want to tell? And my dad and I had talked a lot about this article written by Ross Douthat about how um, uh, we just are, like in a, it's like American decadence. We just repeat what has come. We're not coming up with new things. We're just huh. kind of living in like just this oversaturation of what has come before and we're just not being... We're, we're not writing new things. We're not yeah. telling new stories or we're not using even new characters like right. Marvel, which was blowing up. Yeah. We're comics that were made in, in like the 50s, 60s, right. I think. I don't know. No, uh, but yeah, yeah, same characters, same yeah. stories. Star Wars is getting revived. Yeah. Let me now, Lord of the Rings has a TV right. show. How after, many yeah. Spider-Mans have we had? <laughs> yeah. Spider-Men, sorry. Yes, yes. Excuse me. Spider-Man. How many Spider-Men have we had? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, exactly. Or even like uh, Dune, which was an amazing movie, right. was based off of a book that was written yeah. a while ago. And so we're, we're just not telling new stories. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to just like adapt Richard III that was really impactful into a contemporary setting. Yeah. I don't want to take another story and try and write in a contemporary setting. We also read The Arrestia, which could have been an interesting one too. Um, and so I was like, well, I want to come up with an interesting story. And so I was like, well, what's what's kind of the theme for our Tory session that could be uh, really interesting? And 
one of them was like authority like who who do we look for in authority reading like first and second samuel and first mm-hmm. and second kings talking about the the right of kings and things like that with richard the third as well and king henry the fourth or the fifth um and like this idea of authority and kingship like who do you follow and why why should you follow them mm-hmm. um came up with this idea of telling a story about a boy who's removed from his home by child protective services mm-hmm. and placed into a foster home where then he's given two different authority figures his or multiple actually there's like his old dad mm-hmm. who was single dad who wasn't a good dad for the reasons that he had to get his son removed mm-hmm. his older brother who was old enough to av- avoid the foster care system, mm-hmm. but also like young and naive in some ways, but still affected by his the same father. Yeah. And then there's this new father who's coming into the scene, who's kind of this uh, this uh, trying a person trying to be a good father, but is still trying to figure that out, as just people are trying to figure out what it means to be good. Yeah. Um, and but he's new. He's this this face that just feels like you're supposed to like him or something like that because he's this foster dad. He's in replace of what should be already good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided to try and flesh out that story and try and write that story about um, a you know, about that boy. Yeah. About that boy's wrestling with belonging mm-hmm. and and how he would interact with those the family that he was coming into the family that he was coming from and tried to weave in themes from those books that we read and the stories that we had read mm-hmm. um and then in the process of it realized i love doing this yeah um i love doing this i the ways that philosophy had taught me to ask questions mm-hmm. and really get at the the heart of an issue the core of an issue or really like think about things in a precise way and also think about things in a unique way to um yeah trying to carve out what's real by asking questions was necessary for coming up with characters that you want to bring to life yeah. with ideas or, or themes that don't feel corny or pushed but also aren't obs- too obscure right. or hidden <laughs> um yeah like trying to come up with with plot points that you couldn't predict but you don't think they're like outlandish right. when you get to them. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that was a challenge. But I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And there were just like little things that were just like leading up to like that during the semester. I had a conversation with Dr. Igen, a professor that we both really respect. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, you're, like you're, you're doing great in Tori, but you need like you – I can't remember what she said. She didn't necessarily say, like, I have the capacity for, but she's like, with, like, growing in a couple of these areas, you, you'll grow as in, a, in your ability to, like, build worlds. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think about what she had meant or just was like, oh, that's cool. But, like, now, like, in storytelling, you're building worlds. Yeah. Like, that's what you're doing. Um, and so then after I'm, like, working on this project and doing all of this, I remember thinking, like, oh, my goodness. I asked these professors and these mentors and my uh, family to pray for me so that I would know what I want to do with um, uh-huh. my summer or an internship or what to pursue. And it was just clear, like, oh, this is it. It's clear. Like, mm-hmm. it's this. Um, and so that was just really, really special uh, to get into that. And so I also just had this miracle interaction with a 
a friend of mine that I got to know through church on Halloween. My church had a Halloween thing where you brought your car to their parking lot and you would like right. decorate trunk it. Trunk or tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you would just give out candy to the neighborhood kids from yeah. your trunk. And so he uh, was working it. And so we would talk a lot. He was a, he's a film major. He's a director mm-hmm. um, of different things. And so we were talking about different things. And I was like, oh, I've like kind of been writing this, this screenplay. And here's the premise for it. And was like talking with him a lot about it and gave him like the full arc and like a lot of the different details of it. And I remember just him saying, he's like, he's like, that's really good. Mm. He's like, that's better than what most of the things <laughs> I read from like screenwriters right. at Biola. <laughs> and I remember them like, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can do this. Like this is a possibility. Yeah. Um, and then uh, from there I was like, well then. I, w- I want to pursue it. Yeah. And so then was trying to get on set. I ended up working on some of his set. Mm-hmm. Um, Samuel Moyle um, <laughs> worked on some of his sets and everything like that. And other sets. So it was just like learning different jobs, learning what it meant to be a grip, mm-hmm. to uh, work as a first AC, what the DP does, the director of photography, like how mm-hmm. the director operates on a set, what a set even feels like. Yeah. Like it. I had done play acting before, but I had never done anything with movies. Yeah. And they're very different. Yeah. They're very different. And so being exposed to that was really helpful. But that was just clear that I I want to tell stories. And I remember we – I'll say this, and I've been talking for a while. <laughs> um, but we read Brothers Karamazov, and before – we had our first session on it. We had it with a newer, or not a newer uh, tutor. It was Melissa Schubert, mm-hmm. or Dr. Schubert, um, who's been doing Tori for a long time, but she doesn't spend as much time with the cohort. So she was like, go around, say your name, and say what you want to do, or say like a dream <laughs> that you have, or a goal yeah. that you have. Um, and I, we had just finished Brothers Karamazov, or at least I had, mm-hmm. and I was just blown away by it. And Great I remember, story. oh, it's unbelievable. And I remember saying, I want to tell stories like Dostoevsky. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, I think I was like, just left it vague, kind of like yeah. that. Like, I want to be able to write stories in the ways that he does. Yeah. Bring characters to life and things like that. And so that was the moment I was like, oh, I will, that's what I want to do. Uh-huh. I want to do that. And, uh, Film has been a medium that I've worked worked with, but I'm like open to other mediums. I like uh, other ideas have come to mind. I, I still love poetry and mm-hmm. love epic poetry. Actually, mm-hmm. Milton's Paradise Lost still sits with me in a lot of ways and and things like that. And so I wanna, I think at some point it'd be really cool to try and write an epic poem. Yeah, um, plays are really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's just a lot of space for entertainment and stories that in different mediums or using new spaces for for stories that we wouldn't do naturally or we might have access to because of technology or right. just things like that that could be really fun to explore so I'm not set to film right um, but I, I love it and other things like that one thing that's really cool about your story is that you've just jumped into things and I know that it's been hard with your (laughs) (laughs) but it uh it's I think it served you well because you've picked up skills here and there and your willingness to say film like I'm just gonna try I'm just gonna try it 
Um, I'm going to go on sets. I'm going to write this screenplay for Tori that you've never done it before. You're just yeah. like, I'm going to try. I think that served you so well. Um, and it's it's been cool to see your growth. Um, but then also, like, things come back in circles. So, like, your interest in fashion. Um, and then this summer you got to work at Suit Supply. Yeah. Um, it's like with you didn't you didn't plan on doing that <laughs> but you yeah. I think I think that probably served you really well this summer and you've you've crushed it at suit supply <laughs> because of your willingness early on earlier on to jump into something and pull an all-nighter uh you know working on the Mr. Porter project so yeah um, and I pretty thank you I I appreciate that and it's What's been really cool about Suit Supply is it has kind of uh, reinvigorated, or it's invigorated kind of more of that uh, love of fashion that I've had for a while, um, in a different way. And and I like kind of put it to bed of like, oh well, I'm doing film. I'm not. I'm not doing fashion. But then talking with a lot of the guys I work with, love fashion like how I love yeah, love it right. too. And so it's really cool to talk with them about it. And it's cool to see um just how like you can have an eye for details um an eye for detail just in general and when when you have it like you can kind of be taught what to look for and other things like that but when you see things and you have that eye like and you're around other people who have like that eye for detail and are like encouraging you like oh like you've got it Mm -hmm. it's so encouraging and even thinking about like film as a visual medium, it's not just a story, like a place for stories, it's also a, you're visually telling a story. Yeah. That like thinking about colors and costuming and yeah. other things like that is also really fascinating. A lot of also what we do at Suitsply is like arranging the store. Mm. And so I've worked with a guy named Keon at, store, at, the, at Suit Supply, he's just the best, I love Keon. Um, who just has a, an amazing eye for precision and detail. And so he sees things really well. And so it's always fun to like go back and forth with him as he's like arranging part of the store and like putting different looks together on mannequins or as we're working on that kind of stuff, just to like talk with him about it mm-hmm. and see it. And then like, oh, I don't like that. I like this. And like de- developing like a visual eye in some way. Yeah. That has been really helpful. But I think Suit Supply has grown me more as like a person <laughs> than it has in fashion which is yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of funny uh-huh. but it's been but having a love of fashion has brought me to suits five right. which has then in turn given and, me those skills and enabled you to do well um, yeah. and, and gain the respect of your coworkers. um you know do well at suit school in new york <laughs> um, yeah which that's that's a great story too this summer i was working as yeah a chemical engineering intern at Spectrum Chemical um, and you know through a series of events worked on a project that needed people to be trained in New Jersey uh, one of the project managers couldn't go and my boss is like Braden can you could you go out to New Jersey <laughs> and I'm like yeah of course I'm, I, I'm not doing anything else this summer Ali yeah. is gone and so I text Jack and I'm like, dude, we're going to be like, I, I knew that he had suit school in New York. Um, but I was like, 
dude, I'm just going to miss you. I think I'm the weekend or I'm, I'm getting there the week before you, yeah. you go. So we're just going to miss each other. And Jack's like, wait, what dates? Yeah. <laughs> and it would have been the 10th through the fi- 11 or yeah. 10th through the 15th or yep. something like that. Because your birthday was the yeah. day we, we both left. Yeah. Um, and it ended up working out perfectly. I took the train into the city yeah. and we got to eat at Keene Steakhouse for for Jack's birthday. Yeah. Which there you go. We we converged our paths converged in New York. Yeah. All of you all of the the difficulty, the failure <laughs> in the New skills York. you learned and converged in New York. Exactly. And now it's been all downhill from me. Exactly. I, I peaked in New York. Yeah. <laughs> at Keens. Right. <laughs> I think uh, just in New York, too, just being surrounded by so many people was so cool. And also, at that point, too, I was working for a production company in Hollywood, another place that I just kind of love. I'm, I like Los Angeles more than your average person in yeah. Los Angeles. Um, and I also really liked the, the place in Hollywood where I was working, but then just going to New York, New York was like, man, I love New York more. Yeah. Like the, New York just was, just has like a piece of my heart, even yeah. though I've never like fully lived there. I just yeah. have been fortunate enough to go there multiple times in the, like a span of a couple of years. Yeah. And it just have been blessed by it so much. Yeah. So. New York and France. Yeah. I'll get to France eventually. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> After Ireland. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's interesting. It, looking kind of towards the future, it's easy to try and do the like plan out my life right. from where I am now or like the trajectory that I have now, especially when you're like, you have an impending graduation date. Yeah. Where you're like, I will be done with school yeah. come May of 2023. Yeah. Um, and so it's just easy to be like, I have to figure out what I'm going to do. But trying to live a little bit more in the ambiguity of what that is has been really helpful. Mm. I think realizing the broad scope of, I want to tell stories. I want to uh, write for a living. And I want to um, impact people with my words and ideas um, through storytelling mm-hmm. or maybe even through philosophy or through other things for writing has just been really encouraging like that's what I want to do yeah and it I don't know what that'll look like I don't know if that's gonna take me to New York or if it's gonna take me to Paris or yeah. it'll take me to just keep me here or have me having me go anywhere else and I don't know what mediums I'll be working with I don't know if I'll make movies that people will love mm-hmm. or if I will make one write, yeah. write the next epic poem yeah yeah or one if I, good movie yeah one good movie <laughs> or if I make a movie that people don't like and it doesn't go anywhere or if if it just doesn't come like certain things don't come into fruition but I have I think through Tory and philosophy have just been so incredibly blessed to read writers mm-hmm. who are thoughtful and well-versed in literature, philosophy, and poetry, and other things, and just the classics that have come before, mm-hmm. um, kind of giving homage to the creatives before them, the giants that the, yeah. they stand upon, the shoulders of the giants that they stand upon. Um, but So I love doing that, and I also love like trying to mimic them yeah take the ideas that they've created and then take their their method of applying those to different mediums and different forms yeah would be fascinating but also just i love to try and 
do crazy things with storytelling. Yeah. I would love to do things. Yeah. Things yeah. that haven't been done. Um, I, like we watched a movie recently called the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is just this crazy <laughs> mind bending movie, uh, where basically somebody's life is turned into a fiction. Yeah. Um, and so while like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and like next level entertainment. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, what was really fascinating about that is it was like, what if what if you could do a play centered around a location that was almost like a combination between like a Broadway production and a flash mob, <laughs> but also like a single plot line center stage to uh-huh. like a, a broader cityscape with like like a street corner or something like that that maybe feels a little bit more like a choose your own adventure or something <laughs> where you're you're following characters and you like will like follow one character one night and you go through parts where you're in the main arc and you're in like that character's side arc mm-hmm. but the resolution is a resolution for every character so mm-hmm. you follow like one or two yeah. or something like that so like you buy a ticket for a three night pass because <laughs> there are three arcs you need to follow oh my gosh and so but each one overlaps and interweaves yeah. but like is all oriented in and around the same corner and so it's just like mm. it's making place a character but also it's making a place that's familiar a character mm. so like if you are like wanting to do a um a, like a piece in new york you could do it off of like west broadway and houston and be mm-hmm. like i'm just using like this corner and blocking it off yeah and then we're just going to put a production on here right and and it'll just be a, like you have to be there for it. Yeah. Like that show couldn't travel to Chicago and right. LA. No, like it's, that, it's that's there. The scene. Yeah. yeah, it's there. And then finding other places like then you could go to like Uptown Whittier and say, oh, what if we did one here? Like mm-hmm. so there's just like other things. So I don't know if if film is where I'll land, but my hope is just to to write mm-hmm. and to tell stories that impact people's life that. Um, inspire people to pursue things deeper in mm-hmm. a deeper way but pursue true things pursue good things pursue beautiful things and ultimately mm-hmm. hopefully lead people to christ mm-hmm. through the arts yeah and your yeah your creative vision is so inspiring and it's yeah it's part of the reason why like i wanted to wanted to interview you in this form is because <laughs> it's so like it inspires me to see how excited you are about it, um, how forward thinking you are, but then also just your willingness to um, go out and try stuff. Hmm. And if it if it fails, you you take it and you move on to the next thing, or you learn and you keep doing it. Um, so it's been it's been a pleasure to kind of go alongside you in your uh, adventures. Um, yeah and then I'll, I'll kind of end I'll leave you with just a, a verse that I thought of um, huh. from Matthew 6 um, which is do not be anxious for tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble hmm. um, and I, I think that's like that's the key for you at, yeah. at least in this season is like yeah, as long as you're not anxious about tomorrow you're going to do something you're going to do something great. Hmm. You just got to take it one day at a time because you've got, you've got so many great ideas. So, well, thank you, Braden. And this, 
a lot of a lot of these thoughts and ideas wouldn't be possible without your conversation, <laughs> like your wisdom, your our just our time together. So in a large part I'm indebted to you for yeah, that. But the I, little dose of realism. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jack, Jack, no, we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just in general too. So I I'm truly thankful for your friendship. Yeah. Love you, man. Love you too. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Of course. All right. Peace.